and welcome to another episode of Menopause Cafe in conversation with series of podcasts. Over the next few months, we're aiming to capture the authentic voices of those with lived experience, the folk beavering away behind the scenes to get the topic of menopause out in the open, and the trailblazers helping to break the taboo that still surrounds the subject of menopause. And today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Elizabeth Van Deen. Elizabeth is a massage therapist based in Glasgow where she has a particular interest in easing migraines. She describes herself as a skincare addict who recently started doing bar classes as a lockdown exercise. And I spotted on your Twitter bio that did you like running and peanut butter? And I think that's fabulous. Yes. So welcome. Yes. I have a love-hate relationship with running and a long-standing relationship with peanut butter. I, I can't keep it in the house because otherwise I will just sit and eat it with a spoon or find something to put it on, you know, rice crackers, bread, whatever I can find in the house. Um, but I will just sit and eat it with a spoon. But peanut butter's got, peanut butter's got quite a, a short lifespan in my house, my, 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 my place, yeah. Have you tried it with pickled onions? Oh no, I haven't, no. <laughs> it's a beautiful combination. It's okay, a... <laughs> right, nice. Liking your style, liking your style there. Do give it a go. I like to sort of start off these things by firstly asking the very British question of how is the weather with you? The weather right now is being incredibly Scottish. It's changing pretty much every 10 minutes. So my, the window that I'm looking out of at the moment as I speak to you faces west and uh, there are huge looming grey storm clouds and the, the, to, to the east behind me, blazing sunshine. So it's one of those days that if I was out and about, it would be sunglasses, no brawly oh no sunglasses no brawly uh, it's, it's on and off rain so it's just being spectacularly scottish <laughs> it is, and, and some of the light as well i think the light just really falls through the clouds and it's it's just oh, so picturesque it's it is and and because we're, we're we we had quite a good run of it i mean god damn it scotland in lockdown's really been showing off we've had the most beautiful weather we've had amazing sunsets you know, uh, my boyfriend lives down beside Loch Lomond. I uh, haven't seen him since the beginning of March. And the photographs he's been sending me are just like, oh, God, I wish I was with you. Because we would be totally up hills and scampering about and doing all sorts. But um, it is. And because we've had that mixture of, like, really warm and a lot of rain, it, Glasgow just looks so lush right now. It's just so pretty. Beautiful part of the world. Yeah. I mean, Scotland, I mean, it, it does. It shows off. I, I feel in, in any kind of weather, to be honest with you. I think but we're very lucky with that. Would you like to uh, just sort of, so the listeners can find out a little bit about you in terms of your menopause experience, would you like to give us a bit of background, say how, how you got on with your, your menopause journey? Okay. Um, I would say that if I was going to try and keep this brief, I would say that my menopause journey started when I was perimenopausal and I'm going to take a guess stab in the dark round about 41 42 um, the reason that I say that 2020 hindsight looking back is when I was 41 42 that's when I started getting up in the morning and having absolutely no idea what to wear <clears throat> I know that sounds a really odd thing to say but just even the simple process of getting up and getting dressed in the morning was putting me in a flat I was like three or four changes of clothes, nothing felt comfortable. I was getting really upset and it was just really, really odd. Um, 
you know, I never thought anything about it. I just thought that was me being a female, to be honest with you, and maybe not feeling very confident about myself in general. Um, and then when I got to 47, I remember I was at work one day, bearing in mind I'm a massage therapist, and um, I was at work one day and I just noticed, I was like, ooh, am I coming down with something? Because it was like, whoosh. It started at my ankles and it worked its way up my body until my scalp was on fire. And then all of a sudden, you know, I cooled down and I was left with this blanket of sweat all over me. So I'm discreetly having to towel myself down whilst my client's face down on the couch. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm so glad you can't see my, my hair, you know, my, 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 uh, my hair sticking to my forehead here. And um, it maybe happened once or twice in one week. And then that experience crept into my sleep pattern, which really, really disturbed me. Um, and I would probably say for about 18 months, it was everything was full throttle menopausal symptoms. Well, you know, not all of them. There's a there's a plethora to choose from, as we we both know, Helen. Excuse me, <clears throat> but um, I would say the big ones for me were the, the 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 daytime sweating, and then that creeping into the nighttime sweating, where I was actually my, my, I had to develop a game plan of leaping out of bed when I felt it come on, because if I leapt out of bed before it came on full, that meant I didn't have to change the bed sheets. But I was going through three or four changes of t-shirts and shorts, pajamas a night. And it was like, you'd be lying in your bed going, oh, I feel great, I'm so comfortable. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 no. And it's like, whoosh. And all of a sudden it just, it's beyond your control. Um, so it was the disturbed sleep and then pair that in with this horrible clammy, feeling that I had on my skin I just felt cold and clammy all the time I felt like I was in like a an eel or a snake or something like that I just didn't feel good in my body at all um and then the the fact that I could put my work trousers on in the morning uh, and I would be able to fasten them and then by the afternoon I couldn't fasten them and all I'd done was be upright for a few hours drank some water had a couple of coffees and eaten lunch do you know what I mean and it was just awful it just felt so it just felt awful so that was that was pretty much how how that went um, um i think that however this is just me uh my opinion anyway helen um i think that however you are or however you were when you got your period is quite a good indicator of what you'll be like in menopause so for me I've always been a bit of a weeper, and now I weep at everything. It's like cute puppies, I'm crying. Nice sunsets, I'm crying. You know, baby lamb overload watching some programs on TV, I'm crying, you know, particularly over spring, you know. Um, and that's, that's pretty much, the main symptoms for me were just the bloating, the horrible clammy feeling, crying at absolutely everything sweating not knowing how to dress and just feeling really really unfeminine i felt really unfeminine and unattractive and um it was just but funnily enough all of that got pushed to the side uh whenever i was in my therapy room because when i was one-on-one -on -one with clients i felt super confident and i could put on a show 
and I knew what I was doing and I felt comfortable within those four walls. But get me out of that on the train, being in amongst large crowds of people, um, you know, and it was just this confidence of just, oh my goodness, I, I just, I can't describe it. Um, other than just, it was just an overwhelming feeling of just feeling unfeminine, Helen. Um, that was the that was the big thing for me. And then, of course, there was, you know, the the whole, whole thing about uh, my hair. I'd been dyeing it for several years. Um, I was like, I either looked like a skunk or a tabby cat, um, you know, because I'm I am as you can see now for people listening in on the podcast. I am a complete silver fox now, which I love. Um, I stopped dyeing my hair three years ago. Um, and that was quite liberating, but obviously doing that then meant I had to completely change my skincare and my makeup because my makeup that I was doing permanently since I was about 20 odd didn't suit me in my forties, didn't suit me certainly in my fifties. So it's things like that, that you just got to go back and revisit. So then what I started doing was um, stalking women online who I wanted to like, okay, so Davina McCall, right. She looks ace. What's she doing? Right. Let's have a, Let's get on board with her. Oh, she's doing bar and Pilates classes, right? Ding dong. Let's get involved with that, you know, and then realizing that just from speaking to other women, like my sister as well, that being in menopause when everything is going like full flight is that is not the time to start beating yourself up or going to the gym or starving yourself or because you do, you put on this weight gain, which we then find out is because of the goddamn ghrelin hormone and the fact that the leptin hormone that regulates your metabolism and says, stop eating your fool, for some reason goes on holiday and leaves ghrelin in charge. So you've got these thousands upon thousands of women all over the world thinking, I'm putting on all this weight and I don't know why. And it's like, well, I do. It's because you've just polished off two family-sized bags of crisps and a packet of Oreo cookies and you don't realize you've done it and your body's still telling you you're hungry because your hormones are just like, they're at a rave party or, you know, it's, it's this, that was such a big revelation for me. And even now in lockdown, it's like two weeks ago, I booked, I baked, um, I baked some brownies and it was like, did anybody else get any? No, <laughs> you know, of course not, because I'm, I'm living on my own, but I, I maybe could have left a box outside my neighbor's house. No, didn't, ate the whole damn lot myself, you know? So it's watching out for, it's for me as well, it's being very, very aware of food triggers uh, and food triggers that just not, not just bring on the, the, the sweating, but food triggers that are like, right, I can't keep that in the house because I know I've got no willpower. Um, so that was that. So where I am now, uh, I would probably say the night sweats stopped after 18 months. So last January, I don't know what happened. I went to visit a friend in Inverness and I warned her and I said, look, you know, I'm being menopausal and, you know, I, my night sweating is awful and I'm really sorry. And she was like, look, it's fine you know we're all going to go through this at some point she's a bit younger than me so she was really far away she's she's really far away from from any kind of menopause at the moment although I think she's grateful for the conversations I'm having with her but for some reason I, I stayed overnight in Inverness and I woke up and I was like oh my god the bed's bone dry and I was like Fiona I can't believe it. I didn't have a night sweat 
I can't, I, I just, no idea. It just all of a sudden stopped. So the night sweats is not something that I've had for ages. And funnily enough, Helen, as we have this conversation uh, during lockdown, I haven't had a daytime sweat since lockdown started. So that's really curious for me because it's all time. More often than not, the conversations that I have with ladies, and you've probably found out yourself, is that stress really brings on the sweating. And we're in a really stressful situation right now. I've had to stop work. Don't know when I'm going to get back. You know, uh, I'm getting whiplash off watching the news. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from my phone and social media because there's an awful lot of people who are loudspeakers on there right now who wouldn't normally have a platform to voice various opinions. Um, but you do find yourself getting whiplash off it. So I'm in a really stressful situation, but funnily enough, I'm not sweating. Can't remember the last time I lost my mascara or, you know, or, or had to go and change my underwear or something like that. So for me, I'm sorry to get graphic about that, but for me, the sweating is all, for some, it's all around my abdomen and my waist and my underwear and everything just gets soaked in sweat. And it's like, oh God. So for me, um, I know the next question is what, what am I packing in a bag? That's definitely what I'm packing in a bag, clean pants. Um, so where I am just now is, I would definitely describe myself, Helen, as being postmenopausal. I think I fit into that category, as in, like, it feels like the storm has passed and now I'm left tidying everything up. And it's like, right, what have I got to work with here? What's my body enjoying and what's it not enjoying? And what am I enjoying and not enjoying and getting rid of? And it's very much a decluttering process. So, I mean, did you have, was there a light bulb moment? Was there one particular moment when you, when you were having all these symptoms that you thought, crikey, that's the menopause? How did you actually figure out all of these things were, or was it just a gradual drip, drip, and then it just... Well, that it was? Here's, here's the curious thing. It was, uh, when I was going through all that, that time of the, the, the not knowing how to dress, and my clothes not fitting me, and the, the, the horrible clammy feeling I constantly had around my midriff and waist area, etc. Um, it wasn't until the sweating started that it was like, oh, this is menopause. Now, I'm lucky enough to be in a position that I can speak to my mum about this, um, but for some reason, it, I wish somebody had pulled me aside at 40 and said, right, this is what's ahead of you, okay? Don't freak out. I really wish that that had happened, but it didn't. But I do remember my mum going through this process as well and going through menopause. Um, but for some reason, it just wasn't spoken about as much. Um, but for me, it was definitely the sweating that was like, oh, right, that's what this is. And also, oh, I missed out the joy of... Um, the fact that it was like playing the lottery with my period as well. I think that was probably looking back, Helen, I missed that bit out. That's probably one of the first things. It was like, it was like playing the lottery. It was like, I was 28 days. I was so regular. I had an app. I kept track of it. Then all of a sudden it was 36 days and then it went seven days and then it was 46 days. 
you know, it was, it was, um, it was unbelievable. Um, so I would say that's, um, that, that was a, that was the big thing. Uh, I would say that the, the big light bulb moment of, um, of realizing, yeah, this is, this is exactly what it is. Um, but I realize I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where I can actually speak to my mum about this and I've got aunties that I can refer back to and say, this is, you know, what happened with you because this is what's happening with me. A lot of women don't, can't have that conversation because the, sometimes when, when women get to our age, they maybe don't have their mums anymore or their aunties. And I think that's really valuable to, if you've got that to, to refer back to, then try, try and use it if you can. Because I think that we're the first generation of women to actually start talking about this. Because my mum never did. My mum never did. I can just remember her having these hot flushes and absolutely having no idea what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of our mantras that, that in essence, forewarned is forearmed, isn't it? I think, you know, if, we, oh, totally, if, yeah. if the next generation are, are aware of, of some of the symptoms so that they know what to expect. Um, and, and to be on the lookout for them, then I think hopefully that should make some of their menopausal transitions slightly easier than, than certainly the generations above us, as you say, our mothers and grandmothers, who must Absolutely. have had an absolute nightmare of a time. And still, but still they got through it, but how did they? It's like, because I, as I say, it's, it, we've, we've got all this, well, we've got knowledge behind us and we've got a lot more science behind us as well now. You know, but women for hundreds of years have, you know, coped with this. You know, um, it's it's just baffling, it's, isn't it? it it's, yeah, yeah, it, it really actually as well because I mean, it just it must have been incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I know. I mean, we, we're we're going through this in, the, in in this time of our lives, um, and I know it sounds a, a terribly dramatic thing to say, but imagine like. Being World War One or World War Two, and you've got four or five kids, if not more, and your man's away to war, and then all of a sudden you're coping with this at the same time. I, you know, but we're we're also in a society as well where I think it's really great that women are speaking to each other about this. Um, but once upon a time, the only people that a woman spoke to about anything intimate were her minister and her doctor, if she was of any kind of faith. You know, those were the people that you went to. You spoke to your minister and your doctor. The only people who knew if there were any troubles in a marriage were a min your minister or your doctor, you know? Um, and that's just me going back to the, on historical novels and, you know, uh, and, and stories that I've read and just comments from, from uh, women that I know who are, who are like in their 80s and 90s now. 90s, can you imagine that? Getting to your 90s, what a gift. <laughs> You've said that you're, you'd like a nice stockpile of pants in your in your toolkit to help you survive menopause. What else would go into your into your travel bag, if you like, to help on the journey? Um, ooh, uh, you know what? It's all the. Funnily enough, it's it's nothing. It's nothing drug related. I'm not on anything. I'm not on HRT. I'm not on any kind of rep hormone replacement therapy. I did go on to a vitamin that I won't name because it's not fair to say big names if this is going out in a podcast. But I did go on to a menopausal vitamin that you can buy in the, the chemist. And there wasn't an ingredient in that that just didn't agree with me. So I came off it and I was like, well, bollocks to that. I'm not going to experiment with that again. I'm just going to sort of like 
tough it out, so to speak. But, you know, um, so what else is in my bag? I would, girly stuff, to be honest with you. Um, stripy tops, love a stripy top. You can never have too many stripy tops. Stripy tops, nice underwear. Uh, what else? Um, perfume, deodorant. Um, you know, uh, I've got a, a, you know, makeup, eyeliner. Oh yeah, eyeliner and mascara for the win. Oh yes, and um, uh, eye, eyebrow makeup that looks like a little mascara one that you put on uh, because another thing about menopause is that you're, for me anyway, my features started fading. Uh, everything goes grey. <laughs> so my eyebrows go grey as well. So it kind of like makes me look a little bit, featureless so I don't feel I don't feel I've got I, I can look myself in the eye honestly until I put my colored in my eyebrows a bit more just to make myself look a little bit you know they do frame your face I think anyway um and also what would I do oh I would definitely have my phone so that I can listen to podcasts um and audiobooks um and I would definitely have a bullet point journal as well I love making lists <laughs> Do you remember the way you've made them? Well, you see, that's it. That's another thing. Bullet point journaling for the win. It's like anytime I have a conversation with somebody, I've constantly got a little notebook out and I'm scribbling things down. Or if I remember a birthday card I've got to post, then that goes into the bullet point journal for that day as well. Um, so that you can go back to it and go, no, have I done everything? And then I'll phone my mum and go, mum, have I done everything? <laughs> she's normally quite good at keeping me right um you know so I, I, yeah that's something else too and I, i'm not sure if the memory loss thing or the foggy brain is menopause or whether that is just having a body that's getting older i don't know what's your take on that i think it's a bit of both um okay. i mean speaking from my own experience with the surgical menopause okay i went through it at 41 so slightly nice. younger um and I noticed the brain fog immediately. Mm. HRT hasn't reversed that. So I'm, I think it's a combination of both. I think, yes, it's just natural aging. Mm -hmm. I also think the busyness of the world is just, it's crazy, isn't it? Because there's just always something else to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you never get to the bottom of the list. And I think mm -hmm. that in itself can be, can be overwhelming in terms of trying to remember anything. Word retrieval. I think word retrieval is, is one of the things that is perplexing because. Um, yeah, tip of the tongue syndrome, isn't it? Mm. I mean, to be honest with you, I think, I think I've always had that anyway. Um, sometimes I've always felt that my brain's going too fast from my mouth. <laughs> and, you're, you know, you are having to really, really, you know, um, I'll, I'll sometimes it's like playing... Um, it's like playing sort of like one of those charades games. It's like, okay, what's that word when you think about stuff that's going to happen in the future, but you're not too happy about, oh, anxiety, that's the one, you know. <laughs> or you just completely mix them up and, and, and the, the wrong oh. word comes out of your mouth. Yes. You know, a completely bizarre, completely sometimes inappropriate word <laughs> just comes yeah. out. I don't know if it's menopausal Tourette's or, or, or what it is, but it's just... <laughs> Oh dear, um, but yeah. So that's it. Um, I'm, 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 I'm a, I've turned. I am a complete girls' girl. I would have all my skincare. I definitely have pants, stripy tops, um, a 
kind of like loose fitting trousers for the win. Anything that's not tight, you know, um, for the win. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I do like a stripy tie. Oh, my denim jacket. I love my denim jacket. <laughs> I like it. Totes. Things like that are important. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So other than stripy tops and a denim jacket, what, what would you say is the one thing that inspires you? What, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed every morning? In terms of what? Just Imagine. life in general? Yeah, life in general. What is it? What's that spark that um, just makes you want to get up and do it? Um, I think that just now it's, I would probably just say the spark is that I just don't want to miss a minute at the risk of sounding like an Aerosmith song. Um, you know, I, it's particularly with this, I hate to say the word opportunity, but I've just said it. I mean, how many times in lockdown do you get to just be at home? I mean, my garden looks ace, my house is tidy. I am actually really treasuring this time because I know it'll it'll be over before we know it. We're we're eight weeks in now, Helen. And you know, at some point we will be told or we will be advised right you can go and visit your family again i can't wait um but i am actually for me daylight gets me out of bed i love it uh being outside just the feeling that you get when you're actually up and out the door and i'm away i'm away for i do a daily walk and listen to a podcast every day and the days that i don't leave the house and do that i have noticed that i do feel really tetchy and a bit down even though I've got a garden to go out in, I just need to get out and stretch my legs. Um, I would probably say that that's what's keeping me going just now during this time. But what is what, what gets me out of bed uh, normally is just, you know, I really enjoy my work. I'm in a very, very blessed position where I'm not dreading going to work every day because I run, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm self-employed and I just love what I do. So I just, I love that feeling of being organized. And I think that, that anything that you can do in this time of your life to reduce stress is a big win. And if that means setting the alarm clock for an hour earlier, even if you've had a crap night's sleep, um, just getting out of bed and just knowing that you're going to feel ace when you're upright, you've had your first coffee and you, you know, you get out the door, whether it's to just go for the, just now to go for a walk, or whether it's to, to get to work and you know see your see your amazing clients. I would say that's probably but just now in Scotland with it being daylight at like five o'clock in the morning, it's like yabba dabba do. It's just wonderful. And you know, the it's not getting dark till about half past nine, ten o'clock at the moment, and that's going to stretch out. That's rather beautiful, isn't it? That's yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. It, really really is i mean i had great plans for the summer solstice i don't know if i'm going to get to do it i want to be up a hill for the sunrise on the 21st for the longest day but i don't know if we're going to be allowed to do that i'm not sure we'll just have to see how how lockdown goes in in scotland and what happens with you know government advice because i haven't been more than two kilometers away from my house at any one time um, I'm so lucky that that uh, two kilometres encompasses uh, two branches of Marks and Spencers. <laughs> Ding dong. Oh, <laughs> seriously. 
how lucky am I? And you know, as I think that as a company as well, they've played an absolute stormer with how secure they've made people feel when they're visiting. But that's another that's another comment altogether, obviously. But yeah, so haven't been more than two kilometers. Oh, and also where I live, I'm near somewhere called Pollock Park. And it's got Helen Coos in there just now. And there's baby Helen Coos. So that's another opportunity that I've got to go and stand and cry and look at the baby cows. So it's great. I mean, I do wonder how lockdown would have been in the winter months. I think that would have probably been significantly more challenging just with the weather-wise and the amount of light. Because, I mean, you'll know in Scotland at half past eight in the morning, it's, it's just starting to get light yeah. when we're really in the, in the middle of winter. I think that would have been extremely yeah. challenging. Oh, totally. And I mean, we have not had to queue for the supermarket in the rain at all. The, the, the rain in Scotland, for some reason, I don't know. The universe must know that we're all having a really crap time of it and has decided to give us glorious weather. Someone <laughs> is shining on us. I know. It's like, seriously? I mean, any other time, it's like spring in Scotland, rain. Summer in Scotland, rain. Winter in Scotland, rain. Scotland in lockdown, blazing sunshine. <laughs> oh, dearie me. But I mean, it's not just in Scotland. If there's, you know, there, there, we'll, we'll have people listening from all, all four of our nations. And I'm, I'm not sure what the weather's been like. I think England, the very, very, very south of England, has been hit hard with a couple of, you know, rain, rain thunderstorms. But I, I, I'm not really, I, I don't think anybody's really been uh, experiencing horrific weather at all during this time. No, no, I think you're right. Would you like to leave us with, with a quote? Um, anything that, that soothes you, helps to focus your mind, or mm -hmm. perhaps a piece of music or a poem, anything that just makes you happy? Um, yes, I will leave you with a couple of quotes from a favourite of mine, Maya Angelou. Uh, a poet called Maya Angelou. She wrote, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, and she wrote The Colour Purple. And a quote that I heard her say when she was in an interview with Oprah Winfrey, uh, who doesn't love Oprah, uh, was, when you know better, you do better. And that's basically what I'm trying to do Anytime anybody wants to have a menopausal rant with me, I am front and center. I am like, bring it on, let's get it out. Let's share the information that we all have with one another. But when you know better, you do better. And I'm actually writing a book about menopause at the moment, Helen, I'll keep you posted. Um, but it's basically, that that's the message I'm trying to put out for, for women who are either in menopause or nowhere near it. Uh, like a few of my friends it's like just know all this is to come and be grateful for it because you will feel I feel amazing that's a, that's something I haven't said to, uh, all throughout this now after all that crap I actually feel really good I feel mentally good I feel physically good uh, there's a few things that have happened that with regards to like you know weightlifting and running long distances I just do short distances now I've just basically had the guts to say well bollocks to that it's not working it's stressing me out so let's do something different you know I do I feel really good I feel I do feel in my prime you know um, it's an amazing feeling so yeah when you know better you do better and the other one that I'll leave you again is by Maya Angelou and it was again it was an Oprah Winfrey interview 
and Oprah Winfrey asked her, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever had? And I think this is really important for menopausal women as well, or just anybody really, male or female. Um, and Maya Angelou's answer was, don't be a ninny. And what she meant by that was, you know, that there is a space inside of you. And if you don't mind me using the God word or universe or whatever kind of faith or belief anybody has, but I am going to mention the word God because that's what she said. Um, she said, there's, there's a place inside of you that should be kept pristine and it should be just kept clean. And it's for you and it's for God. And if you feel anyone encroaching on that, you say, stop, back up, you know? And that could be anybody that is in your workplace or, you know, trying to put too much of a responsibility on you or trying to overload you in your workplace or somebody trying to encroach on any kind of freedom that you've got in your life or somebody just not being kind to you. It's just that way of saying stop. And I think that's such a valuable lesson that I meet an awful lot of people in my line of work who say yes to things very, very easily and it feels like they're saying yes on somebody else's behalf instead of actually saying, can I get back to you on that? So I think it's really important to develop when you're going through the menopause, a healthy boundary of, can I get back to you on that? Instead of just constantly being the yes person. Um, so yeah, that's it. So summing up, <laughs> don't be an any. And when you know better, you do better. And I do firmly believe that. And that's basically what my message is in menopause is that if, if women know you're going to feel like crap and you're going to start beating yourself up at the gym and that's what you're going to think is right. And let me tell you right now, it's not. What you need to do is dial it right back and just start being kinder to yourself. I think that's, the, I think that's definitely a, a, a valuable, valuable message. Wise words. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's oh, you're so welcome. It's a joy to speak to you. Thank oh, you very, cheers. very much. Oh, you're very, very welcome, <laughs> Helen. Thank you.